Everybody, he's John. She's Holly. I'm Hans Gruber. No wait, that ain't it. He's Herbie. She's Rudolph. I'm Yukon Cornelius. Peppermint. Peppermint. This is not a guy hard Rudolph Threadnose Reindeer Christmas mashup. It's Black Nature Part with Throw Ted. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Happy New Year! How are you? I want to be a dentist! I'd like to be a, a dentist! A dentist! I want to be a dentist! So we're mixing that and Die Hard? There's probably not another show mixing those tonight, are there, Ted? Yeah, you know, I don't think Pink Floyd's The Wall was that weird. Shall we get into fights? Leave the lights on, drop That's weird. <laughs> the movie? Did you ever see that movie? I bought that movie in ninth grade. On VHS, it cost me like 85 bucks. Now you can get it for 10 cents. I have a theory on that movie. If you watch the movie Pink Floyd's The Wall, Stone Cold Sober, it is one of the five dumbest movies you will ever watch in your entire life. Shut up. However, if you watch it on, shall we say, The Devil's Lettuce... Took a few pops, and things began to get fuzzy and move in slow motion. The big guy and everyone else was laughing at me. The secrets of the universe are revealed. It is not the Christmas season until Hans Gruber is falling off the top of Nakatomi Plaza. Absolutely. Ted, I have one thing to say, and I'm talking, I'm Dan Campbell, and you are Kevin O'Connell. Okay. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? What? 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 I'm going to eat your kneecaps, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, we're off and running with episode 118, Ted. I hope everybody is uh, doing well, getting ready for the big Christmas cheer. And the Vikings are going to have to get some kind of Christmas spirit because they got a tough battle this week. Going to need a couple Christmas miracles, I think. It's a Christmas miracle. I'll give a shout-out to Reggie Adams. He's the only person on the entire planet that I've heard say the Vikings are going to win three, Lions are going to lose three, and we're going to win the division. He's like our tiny Tim. God bless us. God bless each us, each and every one of us. God bless us all. And God bless us all, everyone. You go, Reggie. We would say hello to Ruby, but she's having microphone technical difficulty issues. We'll just assume she's doing fine because she won again in our fantasy league. She's, like, got ten wins. We're cooked like the Christmas turkey, brother. Ten wins sets the new 
nobody cares about your fantasy team record breaking the nine total of last year because ten's higher than nine. Yeah. Am I higher than nine? I'm always higher than nine, baby. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Yippee-ki-yay, mother... <laughs> no, the Vikings got a tough one, Ted. You know what? And Reggie Adams might not be wrong because sandwiched in between their last three games, they got Vikings-Vikings. Sandwiched in between is Dallas. That's no walk in the park. So this could actually happen, but it's got to start this week. It's got to start Christmas Eve. This is a tough battle. I had a tough time giving out any helmets during the review. What about Holly Gennaro, Ted? What do you desire? A smoke show. Absolute smoke show. I missed you. Hans. Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> He's like the Kevin O'Connell coaching decisions of Die Hard. Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> he is. So done. As always, head out over to Purple Pain Forums. Head out to VikingsReport.com. There are two places you should probably want to go to to get all your Vikings news and information. One of them is this show right here. The other one is Purple Pain Forms. That's purplepainforms.com. It is the best Vikings message board website conversation room on this here World Wide Web. You could go to 100 other sites, but Purple Pain Forms is the best. They have a lot of contests. They have a lot of great information. They have a bunch of great contributors that give site-only articles and information that you won't see anywhere else great group of people to talk with it's nothing like regular social media so go to purple plane forums great site well moderated check it out the other website i'd like to talk to you about real quick is vikingsreport.com that is our little humble corner of the internet ruby's worked about 100 hours to make sure that website's up and running we got over 100 gifts in our store i think we've got contests coming up so go check out vikingsreport.com it's got a link to purple plane forums other appearances and shows we've been on uh, a link to the Vikings prize vault that Ruby and Drew do a great job of maintaining. So Purple Pain Forms, VikingsReport.com. Go check it out. Go check it out. <laughs> Go check it out. What time is it, brother? Ed, I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem, find my detonators, and light this candle. He's right. Do you really think you have a chance against me? Then light that candle. Yes! Resume the countdown! Alright, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Oh, geez. Looks like we're going to have to get some more of those FBI guys. <laughs> going to need some more FBI guys, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were talking about this on the live postgame show. I've been thinking about this, and people are just furious with Kevin O'Connell and the two fourth and one calls. And I, I still maintain, like, look, man, if you can't make half a foot on two plays, you don't deserve to win the game. But, like, it all comes back to this franchise. It, it seems, Drew, it doesn't matter who the coach is, who the players are, what era it is. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Because this team, for most of my life, continually comes up small when they need to have a big moment or a big game. I, I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. 
I don't get it either. You're right, though. No matter who the coach is or whatever, there's been more frustrating losses this year than Zimmer's last year. I mean, that Broncos game was hideous, Ted. Yep. I mean, you only have to play half-ass to win the game. You can't even make half-ass. Uh, you, you know, Ted, you can't be whole-ass all the time, but you can make half-ass. If half-ass works, you can go half-ass and win something. They can't win that. Never half-ass one thing. Whole-ass two things, or whatever it was Ron Swanson said. Never half-ass two things. Whole-ass one thing. Yeah, Ron Swanson, that's right. That's right. Give me all the eggs and bacon you have. Please and and thank you. It has been frustrating, but we push forward. I always look at it as it's tough to be a Viking fan, but not everybody's cut out to be a Viking fan. So if you are a Viking fan, which people are watching the show, hopefully are, then you're a tough SOB. You could take a lot of pain and you could still bounce back. Now, all of that said, the Minnesota Vikings sit at 7-7. Seven and seven. They are the number six seed, depending on what playoff site you look at, playoff chances site, it's anywhere from like 40 to 60%. So let's just say 50-50 shot to make the playoffs. I would argue they have to win two of their last three games to get in. If they win all three, like we mentioned earlier with Reggie, Tiny, Tim Adams, if they win all three, Detroit loses all three because of the tiebreakers, by golly, the Minnesota Vikings will win the NFC North. I still think that's a remote shot. I still believe they can split with Detroit and beat Green Bay and get into the playoffs. What say you? Even with these last three out of four games being, well, all even the last four, even the win with that 3 nothing shutout against the Raiders was brutal. But, I mean, they won. So, you think they can still make it, or we just need to worry about the draft or what? I think we got to win two out of three. I think we have to win all three to have a chance at the the division thing's really remote, but we should yeah. be grateful the way they've been playing the last month to get out of Las Vegas with that win. You imagine if that was a loss, mm-hmm. we'd be at, what, six and eight? Yeah, they'd pretty much be out of it. Yeah, they would pretty much be out of it. I think, they, like you said, they have to win two out of three. They have to win Christmas Eve. I think they'll take care mm-hmm. of the, the pack, but this is the important game because you know, at the end of the year, if, if Detroit already has a division wrapped up, they might be sitting guys. So we got to put the pressure on and keep the pressure on. It's harder to win there in Detroit. But the fact that we still control our own playoff destiny at 7-7, seven and seven, I guess we should be pretty fortunate about that. And people say, well, the Eagles didn't help us. They lost to the Seahawks. You know, it's pretty simple. Win your own games, and then you don't have to rely on other teams to win. You know, I, I really liked last year when the Vikings pretty much clinched the division by Halloween, I think, for the most part. Right. It was just kind of all over, but figuring out where they would sit in playoff seating. So after, after last Sunday's loss in Cincinnati, Kevin O'Connell has announced that Nick Mullins is going to get the start this weekend at home against Detroit. You like that move? You good with it? Yeah, I'm good with it. I was going to ask you, do you think you've seen the end of Dobbs this year? Yeah. Barring an injury, yeah. I mean, when Josh Dobbs was named the emergency quarterback and was inactive other than, you know, having to come in if the other two guys got hurt, I think he's in his own head with playing and it's just not making the right decisions. We'll talk about it during the preview. Detroit is more of a well-rounded team, I think, right now. They are. You know, I saw a thing today, and not sure if I'm exact on these numbers, but I'm close. When the Vikings win the turnover battle, they're 6-0. and when they're even with the turnover battle, they're 1-0. When they lose the turnover battle, they're 0-7. So 
So, I mean, it's pretty obvious that this team cannot afford to make continuous mistakes and shoot themselves in the foot like they have for damn near all season. That makes us think, why would it be any different? Because it has to be different. Can I use what you just said into my Drew Tasty tidbit? I got a tasty tidbit. The Vikings are minus six in turnovers. They're minus six and they're seven and seven. The Lions are minus five, which is close to minus six, Ted. In my mind, they are 10 and four. So they're either not making the critical errors, the ones that just bust your nuts wide open, or they're learning how to win despite the errors, which is what you want to do as a football team. What does that tell you? All right. All right. Anything else you want to talk about, brother? Let's get into this preview with the Lions. Before we do that, we got to recap and put up our nobody cares about fantasy team picks. And defend the North. everybody, Robert W. Fodsworth here. This week, our reeling and dejected defending NFC North champion Minnesota Vikings return home on Christmas Eve to try and thwart the Detroit Lions from winning the division on their home field against Jared Goff, the kneecap-eating Dan Campbell, and the dastardly Detroit Lions. Will the Vikings get a Christmas present under the tree, or will there be coal in their stocking? We'll find out. The Vikings are at home to face the Detroit Lions. The Lions can actually clinch the division if they beat Minnesota. Wouldn't that be a kick in the pants as well? As always, uh, Ruby's going to put up our big board. We start with quarterback, and we end with intangibles, Drew. Quarterback, you want me to go first? It'll be quick. Yeah, go ahead. You can't give the check mark to Mullins over Goff. Even though we need no. Goff to not be on track and have a bad game, he's uh, clearly the better quarterback in this game, more experienced and if you want to give it to Mullins, and you have the mic, and you can tell me why, but I can't give my check mark to Nick Mullins over Jared Goff. I can't. It's Goff. Goff's having a great year. He's the best quarterback in the division with Kirk Cousins out. Yeah, it's Goff. All right, running game. Kevin O'Connell said he's going to try and get Madison in if he can play. I don't get it. Even if Ty Chandler is your top back and he got 132 yards last week and, and all that stuff, you look at the the one-two punch of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. The Lions are, what, second in the NFL in running the ball, 140 yards a game. Detroit gets the check. Second in the NFL in running the football. You're right on the one-two punch with uh, Montgomery and Gibbs. Montgomery and Gibbs, Ted, 1,647 yards combined and 17 touchdowns. You usually see numbers like that when you have a quarterback that is capable of running the ball, like Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or whatever. And yeah. Goff, is, he's a traditional drop-back guy, which tells you how good Detroit's running game really is. They could both get 1,000 yards. That's crazy. They average 140 yards a game. If they get 140, 150, we're not going to win. 
So we need to no. at least limit them down to about 80 or something. They get the check mark, though. They clearly have a better running game than we do. So, yeah, second in the NFL. They're second in rush, Ted, and they're fourth in passing in the NFL offense. They're third overall in total mm-hmm. offense. This is the game the defense, I wouldn't say defense has to win it, but they're going to have to win it. They're going to have to make some plays for sure. All right, receiving game. Consider the quarterback and then the O-line of Detroit. This didn't take me long either. I mean, Minnesota has very good wide receivers, but they got St. Brown. They got Josh Reynolds. They use the run to open up the pass, but they do it very well. They have a very good passing attack. Like I said, fourth in the NFL. We're seventh in the NFL, but you look at the quarterback difference now. This would be a great game. If, if Cousins was healthy, this would be a really prime matchup. But I had to give yeah, the Lions the receiving edge. The quarterback makes a difference. That's why they Detroit gets my check mark for receivings because of the experience of the quarterback. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. You know, most weeks when you have a receiving group in terms of wide receivers that are fairly evenly matched, right? TJ Hawkinson is the guy that is the difference maker for the Vikings passing attack for me that usually lends me to give them the check mark. Then you look at the Detroit Lions tight end at Sam Laporta, and he's having a great year. He's a rookie. He's he's putting up numbers comparable to Hawkinson, not quite as good as, but like you look at the Viking strength, Justin Jefferson canceled out pretty much by Amon Ross St. Brown. TJ Hawkinson pretty much canceled out by Sam Laporta. And then you talked about the quarterback and the advantages they have. I, I have to give it to Detroit as well. Well said. Look, I, I like the Vikings O-line. The big question mark is Brian O'Neill. He was out last week. Will he play this week? I thought the Vikings O-line looked okay. I thought they did a good job keeping Nick Mullins upright for the most part. He got sacked a couple times. They opened up a lot of running lanes for Ty Chandler. But you look at the Lions offensive line. I mean, like, look, when the Lions finally got serious about rebuilding their team and they hired Dan Campbell, they said, we're going to start in the trenches. We're going to move out. And they have stuck to that. You got guys like Decker and Jackson and Ragnow. I mean, I think all these dudes are first round, first or second round picks, and it shows. This is a great offensive line. And as much as I like the Vikings offensive line, I mean, the Lions are just a little bit better here. I got to take them. Lions get my offensive line check mark. Everything you just mentioned, when they started building this team in the trenches with the offensive line, this is the first time, Ted, actually in a couple years that they've all been together. I mean, this is what they've been waiting for. Because when Ragnow's been out, Jonah Jackson hasn't played, and then you got Decker, he was out. You know, they've just been doing musical chairs. These five guys, and it doesn't hurt to have a Michigan and an Ohio State guy on your offensive line with Glasgow and Jonah Jackson. Two Ohio State guys, Taylor Decker and Jonah Jackson. Oh, I thought Decker was Notre Dame. My bad. Decker, Jackson, Ragnow, Glasgow, and Sewell. How can you not give those guys the check? Vikings are going to have to be on it in the trenches. Yeah. Or they're going to get run off the field. Detroit has a very yep. good offensive line. They get my check mark, Ted. What about the front seven on the defense? Switching over to the other side of the ball, Drew. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if O'Neill's playing, but, you know, I say it every week. Look out for Montez Sweat. Look out for Max Crosby. And here we go again. Here we go. Four in a row, Ted. I mention it every week. There's always a powerful defensive end. You better do something with Hutchinson who's going to ruin the game. I don't even need to tell you about Aiden Hutchinson. You've seen it. On both levels, college and pro, what that guy can do. If O'Neill doesn't play, what do you do with that? What do you do with that guy? And that's just one problem. They have Jack Campbell playing linebacker, the tackle machine. They got a really good front seven. I, I always give the Vikings a check mark on the front seven. You know what? I'm going to give the I'm going to give the Vikings a slight edge here on the front seven. And Pace is the rookie of the year. If you don't give him rookie of the year, it's totally fixed. All right. So look, here's the thing with the front seven. 
Last week I said the Vikings front seven is just a mix and match of guys playing wherever, and Brian Flores puts the right guys in the right spot to make a play, and that front seven is better. Last year when the Vikings played Detroit, they played them twice. They won at home, and they lost in Detroit. When they won at home, I don't remember Aiden Hutchinson's name being called one time. When they lost in Detroit, Aiden Hutchinson was a wrecking ball. That, to me, is the key. And with O'Neal out, probably, possibly, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a problem. If the Vikings figure out something to kind of counter or neutralize him to the best of their ability, they've got a legitimate shot. Will they? I mean, we've talked about the frustrations with Kevin O'Connell and the offensive play calling. I don't know that they will, but because the Vikings are at home, because Jordan Hicks probably won't be back this week, but he's returning to the practice field, I'm going to give a very slight edge to the Vikings here. Because you're right. I think Ivan Pace should be defensive rookie of the year. Josh Metellus, who's technically defensive back, but plays everywhere. Man, I just like to think that Brian Flores is going to cook up something special for Jared Goff in this offense to stymie them to a, a large extent. You always make a lot of sense, Ted, and that makes a lot of sense. You know what also I, I failed to mention that makes Detroit's front seven pretty potent when they're on? They can falter like they did on Thanksgiving in Green Bay. They just fell behind, and they weren't playing well. But the fact their defensive ends, Kaminsky and, uh, and Hutchison, it's hard to screen on those guys because they fall back in coverage and they get to the perimeter so fast. It's like they every time you play the Lions, it's like they have seven linebackers. They all seem to be like linebackers, and it's tough to throw screen passes with Aiden Hutchinson. It is. I don't know what's going to happen there, Ted. If there's a weak spot to the armor that's the Detroit Lions, it's their secondary. They're 18th in the NFL in, in pass defense, and you have got to put faith in Nick Mullins to make his throws on schedule. And you have got to stay ahead and down at distance. You've got to get in second and five. You've got to get in third and four. You cannot get second and 12. You cannot get second and nine. Right. And the only way I think the Vikings are going to do that is by attacking this Detroit Lions defense, and they're going to do it by attacking the secondary. Conversely, you look at the Vikings secondary, they've got a tough matchup. This is probably their toughest matchup of the season. I'm on Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. Jameer Gibbs, I think, has, what, 60 catches himself. I mean, the the Vikings are going to have to defend a lot of guys all over the field all the time. Best tight end they've had to face, too. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm going to give the secondary edge, secondary slight. I mean, like, it's close to a push, but I'm going to give it to the Vikings just ever so slightly. I am, too. I mean, I think Jerry Jacobs might not be playing. He pulled a hamstring last week in their win over the Broncos. I don't think he's going to be playing this week, and they'll probably slide Brian Branch, the nickelback, to slide him outside. You bring in a guy like Brian Branch as your backup, you're pretty deep in the secondary. I am going to give the Vikings a slight edge because I think Flores is kind of angry, a little bit of a chip after that fourth quarter. He's been hearing it all week. They don't play well at home. Their defense seems to play well at home. Slight edge to the secondary for the Vikings. Detroit's a little banged up, or I probably would have had to go on on their side. But you're right, though. You're right. Any avenue to beating these guys, you have to pass the football. I mean, they're so good on offense. They're top five in all these categories on offense. In defense, the weakest stat the Lions have is 18th on pass defense. That's the way to attack them. I give the Vikings a slight edge on the secondary. Moving on. All right, red zone. I am going to take the better defense for the red zone this week. Lions have a really good offense in the red zone. Vikings have a really good defense. I'm going to side with the defense and say they can maybe hold them to some field goals. Detroit's 
defense is pretty weak, we might be able to score in the red zone because they're so aggressive. They get burned on a lot of short plays in the red zone. Probably the only reason why. Yeah. But uh, Vikings get my check mark for the red zone. I'm going to give it to the Lions just because the Vikings offense in the red zone last week was just inept again. Yeah. I mean, they had the turnovers. It's been a season long thing. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Kirk was throwing turnover, was throwing interceptions in the red zone. Mullins is Josh Dobbs was, I mean, it just, it's just been one of the signature things about this Vikings team. So I'm going to give the edge here to Detroit. It's understandable. Special teams. Detroit, because Greg Joseph sucks, he's statistically the worst kicker in the NFL. Detroit. I have nothing to add. Checkmark Detroit. <laughs> what do you got for coaching, brother? I know people say Campbell makes a lot of mistakes, but he's 10-4 and four by t- having the nuts to try to make those mistakes. He's more aggressive. Yep. He's more of a gambler on the sidelines. I think Dan Campbell is a better head coach than, than right now. That may change in the next couple yeah. of years, but he's got a real good handle on that personnel because he's kind of built this team and he's built this tidal wave kind of team. He's a good head coach and he he's not scared to go for it on his own 15 yard line in the first quarter. He does weird shit like that, but he's the aggressive dude in the ring and Kevin O'Connell's is the finesse guy. So I'm going to go with Dan Campbell, the kneecap, kneecap guy. I think they got a better staff over there in Detroit. Dan Campbell reminds me a lot of Mike Tice when Tice got hired. I love Mike Tice. I love Tice. I just never thought Tice got a fair shake in terms of being a coach because he took over for Denny at the end of 2001. And then it was like right at the end of the Red McCombs era and Red was becoming the penny pinch and chief skating bastard that we knew him to be. And he wouldn't let, he wouldn't give Tice a budget to hire a full complement of coaching staff. I think he had a coaching staff that was like, half the size of your average NFL coaching staff back then. Uh, at one point, his offensive coordinator died during the offseason, and, and he had the, the guy that was the O-line coach also be the, the offensive coordinator, and it just didn't work. And I'd like to think Dan Campbell is Mike Tice realized. Like, what if Mike Tice had gotten a full budget to hire as many coaches as he needed? The philosophy of football, they yeah. Campbell yeah. and Tice are very, very equivalent. Both former kind of backup tight end guys that managed to stay in the league a lot of years and see a lot of different things. And look, Tice was arguably the best offensive line coach in the NFL for a very long time. And he just never got a second chance because, you know, the, the, the scalping, Super Bowl scalping ticket scandal and the love boat scandal and all that stuff. But I think Dan Campbell is what Mike Tice could have become if Tice had, had, had just kind of had a fair shot, in my opinion, from the word go. Right. And Campbell struck me as a buffoon early on, but he knows football. He knows what motivates players. Right. And he's a good X and O guy. And I want Kevin O'Connell to be Dan Campbell in terms of aggression. That's what I want in terms of aggression exactly. in my coach. I would much rather lose a game going for it on fourth and one or fourth and two which O'Connell did, to his credit, or even earlier in the game, or, or run a fake punt when you think you need a momentum change, or whatever it is you think you need to do, fake field goal. I don't care. Campbell Campbell does not coach by conventional wisdom. And he gets better. He's gotten better each year as a head coach. So that for that reason, I'm going with, with the Lions coaching staff. They say the team plays like their coach. There's probably no better example than the Lions. The Lions aren't the old Lions. 
like we said earlier, they're minus five in turnover ratio, which is terrible, but they're 10 and four because winning is the main thing. If Kevin O'Connell is going to do the conservative thing, we're not going to win this game. You got to take a chance now and then. What do you got for intangibles? I mentioned it earlier. The Vikings need to attack. I mean, the Vikings need to attack the Lions the entire game. Like You look back at the Lions' losses. The Ravens and the Packers' games stick out more than anything to me. Those teams just attacked Detroit on both sides of the ball, and they didn't let up the whole game. If the Vikings play not to lose, they will lose. If they play to win and keep attacking and don't let up, I think they will win this football game. Now they can't turn the ball over, and you can argue, well, are you going to attack with Nick Mullins, who kind of throws the ball up and, and has turnovers and all that kind of stuff? That's a very fair question. But I would still attack. I would keep attacking and keep attacking. Because if you can do that, you will put Detroit's defense on their heels and you have a great chance to win. If you don't do that, you're not going to win. You're going you're gonna to lay back and you're, you're going to kind of go into a shell and you're going to lose. Yeah, my intangible is you got the division still on the line and you're playing the leader of the division. It's not enough motivation to get you going. I mean, they should be thinking about this game and then the next game and the next game and they're going to win the division, but you got to start here. So I'm interested to see how much fire the Vikings are going to have this week. Lions are two and two in their last four. If you look at that Chicago game two weeks ago, Ted, it's like a blueprint to beat the Lions. But the disadvantage we have is the Lions had a lot of problems with fields. He was causing all sorts of problems. Well, Detroit's coordinator and head coach will tell you they don't have that problem this week. That's a big problem not to have. Knowing that you had a pocket quarterback, there's a lot less things you got to worry about. That's a disadvantage for the Vikings. But if you look at how Chicago won that game, Goff only had 127 yards passing. Lions had three turnovers. Bears had zero. We're going to have to be around that area. Detroit only had 13 first downs, Ted, in that game at Soldier Field two weeks ago. The fields factor was big, but Chicago held the ball for 33 minutes. They held Detroit to 13 first downs and 127 yards passing. That's amazing. And they won the turnover battle. The Vikings are going to have to follow that this blueprint to win the game. That's exactly the type of game we need to have. Of course, we don't have the running quarterback. I don't know how you make up for that. But the defense, I'm talking about the Bears. The Bears did something to the Lions. The Lions, that's their weakest offensive game of the year, was against the Bears a couple weeks ago. So I'm looking at that as the blueprint for Vikings victory. If we can hold the ball 33 minutes against the Lions, we got a good shot at winning this game. But we're going to have to get a few turnovers. If the Vikings can get a win... On Christmas Eve, they have a very good chance to go into Week 18 with a shot to win the division. We'll see what happens. Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. Herbie! Shut up! Hey, Tucker! Where? The vault! Where is the vault? 